Welcome back to Careless Wispod, the podcast where we see your every move. Yes, it's Careless Wispod, uh, brought to you by... Uh, who am I on this podcast? Um, I'm you're, still... You're just Jeremy on this And I'm just Jeremy on this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just Gary. Way. And you're just Gary? Yeah. Wow, okay, just cool. a couple of dudes. Just hanging out. Hanging out, talking about pop music. Talking about pop music. What are we talking about this week, Gary? Well, episode number two. Let, let's talk about episode number two. Uh, episode number one has, uh, is out. It's now. topped the charts. Like, you know, people are uh, fanatical about They're it. They're foaming at the mouth. I mean, I assume we <laughs> haven't released it at time of recording. <laughs> time of recording. <laughs> but I just know. I just know that people are all about episode one. So, you know, we've got that sophomore ep- episode Okay. Uh, that, the tricky, the soft, the, yeah, the difficult second <laughs> podcast. What are we talking about today? Let's get into it. We're talking about uh, Private Eyes. They are watching you uh, by Hall and Oates, the magicians. Hall and Oates, the, the, the magic mag- men, <laughs> the weavers of magic. The weavers of magic. Now, do you have some notes? Uh, I I do have a note or two. Did about... did, did they take you long to write? Uh, I did it in a minute. Pause. There it is. I'll yeah. the hardcore Hall of Notes fans are going to get that one. Hall of Notes. Talk to us about Hall of Notes, Gary. Well, Hall of Notes, they started... I mean, not that there's... Everyone will know, but let's give it a little bit of background. Uh, so they started in the late 70s mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, Soul and uh, Motown, kind of R&B, that kind of stuff was uh, quite popular. So that was the style of music they they started with. And they released about three albums to very little success. Fanfare, right? Yeah. This this was the one, right? So the song Private Eyes off the no. album Private Eyes? Uh, no, they, they, they had a few hits before that. Their first number one yeah. hit, or their first charting hit was uh, Sarah, Sarah Smile. Yeah, Sarah Smile. Which right. was uh, off a different album <laughs> that I should have in my notes. But I don't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know that song got played on the radio and things started to roll for them. Then they released "Rich Girl" mm-hmm. that got to number one. Yeah, that actually Sarah Smile didn't get to number one, but "Rich Girl" was their first number one single. So, so the song we're talking about, "Private Eyes," this is off the album "Private Eyes," right? That's right. Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. So when they hit the eighties, they kind of changed their style up a bit. Obviously, yep. with "Rich Girl" and stuff, they were already kind of progressing into the poppier side of things. So more of a pop realm. Yeah, but they're, they, they're still sort of keeping that uh, sort of soul-y, blue-eyed soul-y vibe. That they had that, that kind of, of pop and soul kind of crossover happening. Thing happening. They're like the DRI of. Uh, <laughs> Of 80s pop. <laughs> it's a very specific reference that fans of our other podcast might get. Um, Look them up. Have a so listen. this, this I think, was the third single off that record. Am I right? Because uh, Rich, Rich Girl and Kiss on My List were on this record. No, that was the that was the album beforehand. Oh, Kiss right. On, okay. They had a really big success with Kiss on My List. And uh, they wanted to follow the like they were hot on the heels hot of hot on the single. heels of yeah. So they came out with private eyes. Uh, I can't go for that. And I think uh, did it in a minute was also a single off that album. Yes, it um, was. Unless I'm mistaken. But uh, yeah, so private eyes uh, came out and it uh, charted. Yeah, yeah. You so have some chart yeah, I got some me. chart info right here. Uh, song was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for two weeks, 
from November 7 through November 20. Now, this is interesting. It was their third of six number one hits. The first two, as you said, being Rich Girl and Kiss on my list. Yep. Uh, their second number one hit for the 80s. This is interesting. You'll like this. It was I succeeded in the number one position by, by Olivia, Olivia Newton-John's Newton Physical. Oh, my favorite. Which, uh, but then, as, as we go through this podcast, dear listeners, you will realize how much of an ONJ fan... <laughs> We have in uh, Mr. Gary Grimm. Um, but it was ironically succeeded. <laughs> yeah, so Physical got knocked off by... I can't go I for can't that. I can't go for that. No can no do. No can do. No can do. I think so she wanted to get Physical, and Hall and Oates couldn't go for they that. They couldn't go for that. Um, <laughs> in Australia, it charted at uh, number 17, incidentally, in Australia. you know, So not, not as good here. Uh, it was number one in the US, as was uh, I Can't Go For That. And uh-huh. They both reached number one, but in the UK... Uh, I Can't Go For That was the more um, popular, song? popular song. I think it was 32 on the UK charts uh, for Private Eyes. And then I Can't Go For That was number eight. Really? The UK? Yes. Not loving the perhaps saccharine, soulful American sounds as much as the yeah. uh, American counterparts. So it would seem. Anyway, that, that's my little uh, nugget little, of... Little nugget of truth. ...of uh, chart information. So, the songwriters. Songwriters. Okay, so this is, it's, it's interesting. This was actually written by four people, which I found really interesting. Jana Allen and Sarah Allen. Yes. Uh, Daryl Hall and Warren Pash. What yes. a name. Warren Pash. The old Pashy owner. The old Pashy, the Pash man himself. <laughs> Um, now, Sarah it, Allen had... Pash is on my list. His, yes, yeah. that's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> Sarah Allen dated Daryl Hall for a long time. For a long time, until um, 2001, I believe. Really? Wow, yes. there you go. Then she said, I can't go for that. that no can do. No can do. Um, the kiss had been struck from the list. Struck from the list. Uh, uh, the Pash. Admitted. Admitted. <laughs> um, now, actually, this... this she's, uh, a, she's a man-eater, apparently, so... She was. Uh, she was no longer smiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it. Yeah, quick, quick episodes, Gary. The, the, that's the Sarah. That Sarah's smile was, uh, was renamed after. Yeah. Uh, Warren Pash, uh, sort of who started the song, was driving down the Pash Man was driving down Ventura Boulevard in LA when he spotted a billboard for a new movie called The Private the Eyes, Private Eyes, starring Tim Conway and Don Knotts. Uh, it's got a pretty cool movie poster as well. I might, I might make that the picture for the episode when, yeah. when I put this on. That's that's a good idea. Maybe we should watch it and do a review of the movie. Uh, yeah, a sure. Bit of, bit of bonus, bonus content. Bonus content. But unfortunately, the you know the writing of this song was tinged with tragedy, Gary. Tragedy. Tragedy. When things go wrong. <laughs> And you can't go on. It's a tragedy. <laughs> Different episode. Um, That's our BG's episode. So Warren Patch, who, who was quite a well-known songwriter, and very unfortunately, uh, before the release of the song, his father passed away. It was like a week or two It was two a week weeks. or so before. Yeah. I actually got a quote. He said, uh, and for years afterwards, he, he sort of didn't write pop music anymore. Yeah. He sort of said, I think it was a reaction to the enormity of the pain that came with that time, the personal family stuff. If it was like, if this is what success is, I don't want anything to do with it. I can't go for that. No can do. I added that. That's not his quote. I added that. My brother died three years and a day before my father. My father dropped dead of a heart attack in a mental hospital where my mother was a patient. He died in front of her. It couldn't have gotten more difficult. And then apparently he went on to do... 
probably not surprisingly, some more like gothy influence sort of stuff. And bloody hell, after something like that, <laughs> I can't say I blame him. Yeah, right. Now, Jana right. Allen, Jana or Yana, I, I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. I think it was Jana. Jana, uh, she was another sort of staple of the, the Hall & Oates writing stable. And she co- co-wrote Did It In A Minute. Yeah, she was and, a Sarah's uh, sister. Sarah's sister. She, she did a lot of writing with the Hall & Oates there. Uh, over the years. Uh, she very sadly uh, died of leukemia in 93 at the tender age of 36. Yeah. Which is sort of very sad. Um, Sarah Allen, as we said, she was also uh, the co-writer of uh, many hits, including You Make My Dreams Come True, Man Eater. Kiss on My List. Uh, Kiss on My List and Possession Obsession. Yeah, right. She's kind of... What do you think about that? <laughs> Private eyes. Dig a little bit deeper. Obsession. <laughs> Speaks volumes, perhaps, of what their relationship <laughs> sure. might have been. Um, that's all I had on songwriting. Did you have anything else on songwriting, Gary? All I had was uh, that uh, the old Pashiona. Oh, and, the uh, Pash man. <laughs> uh, the Pash man cometh. Pashton Kutcher. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Warren Pash and uh, and uh, Jana Allen uh, wrote the music. Well, uh, Pash had the the music down. The Pash man, <laughs> the <laughs> Pash mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, uh, we're having a good time. We, we love you, Warren. All right. Uh, so Pash had the, the 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 structure of the song down. He had the music. Jana was in New York mm-hmm. looking for inspiration, looking for some music. They kind of matched, got together. She heard the song. She added her touches to the music, made it a little popular and a bit more, you know, added a few little trills here and there. Uh, they kind of just did a really loose uh, recording on a, yeah. on a tape. Mm-hmm. And she sent it off to Jana. Uh, sorry, Jana sent it off to Hall & Oates. Yeah. And uh, Pash was kind of a bit Why, worried. Why'd you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worried about the quality of the tape, and she was like, "They'll know what to do with it." So uh, Daryl Hall and and uh, Sarah wrote the uh, the lyrics together. Yeah, right. Okay. I think it, this sort of speaks volumes, and perhaps it's something we can explore more as the uh, podcast goes on. Mm. But just the nature of sort of songwriting in the pop world, I think it's sort of a really interesting insight into that. None of these songs really happen in a vacuum. You no. know what I mean? There's multiple people working on it, and it gets passed back and forth. And um, I think that's something we can look at further. Um, totally. Uh, I, I mean, we all know about so, sort of going back to sort of Tin Pan Alley and, sure. and the sort of. Um, I mean, famously, Neil Diamond was a songwriter. Um, so they had sort of stables of songwriters at these publishing companies. So to be a songwriter was. Sort of, and it still is to this day, but I think it was perhaps a little bit more prolific then. Being a, a songwriter and an artist performer was sort of two different things. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, there were yeah. sort of two different bits of artistry there. So, Well, it's funny you bring up this point because that leads me to a point that I was thinking about and it leads us to our next little segment of mm-hmm. the episode, uh, which is not only were the songwriters uh, very prolific and kind of all over the place uh, writing hits and kind of being involved in a lot of other people's music but the people playing on these songs were often yeah uh, involved in a lot of really cool projects different projects well uh, that that leads well uh, <laughs> into our next point so the people uh, that were sort of playing on this I just had a couple of quick uh, notes 
since was uh, Lawrence Roger Larry Fast. Oh, you but like Lazar. with a, with a, with a name like Larry Fast, like you're born to be a synthesizer <laughs> player in the seventies and eighties, aren't you? Um, but he worked with Peter Gabriel, yeah, most right. notably. Um, he actually, I'm pretty sure, wrote synth parts for the album So, which is my favourite Peter Gabriel album, ah. uh, which is uh, the album with Sledgehammer on it. Sledgehammer and uh, that uh, uh, duet he did with, uh, with uh, Kate Bush. Yes. Um, um, don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. That's uh, it. That's so he, he played synths on that album. Th- those parts weren't used on that record. Did a bit of uh, work with Foreigner as well. Um, the drummer, uh, Michael Curry, played with, oh man, everyone. Cher, Tina Turner, Alice Cooper, David Cher. Bowie, Cher. Elvis Costello, um, Tom Waits, uh, Survivor, <laughs> and The Cult as well. So, um, And the guitar player, uh, George Edward Smith, um, he was sort of their long sort of serving guitar player, but went on to uh, be the band leader for the Saturday Night Live band yeah, right. for many years. And then also played um, guitar in Roger Waters' The Wall Tour. Yeah, uh, which right. I found really interesting. That's also, cool. also played with Dylan, um, Dylan's touring band during uh, 1988 to 1990. Man, th- these muses, what a life they must have! Like being part of all these. I reckon they'd have some stories. You know, sure. I reckon if they can remember them, then yeah, they definitely have some definitely. stories. Now. Look, we, we haven't got that much more to go through. We like, we like to keep things snappy. Sure. Uh, uh, but I want to bring up uh, sort of... Uh, you want to talk about the video clip now? Uh, well, just a couple of last things about uh, this uh, this track before we get into the video. Okay, yeah. Uh, this kind of goes back to the songwriting uh, uh, section of the, of, the, of the song. But uh, Daryl Hall was very much an uh, extrovert. Oh, and yeah. uh, John Oates was a little introvert. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Daryl Hall got a lot of the uh, acclaim, acclaim for and the songwriting. Yeah. And John Oates was a little bit in the background. Anyway, Saturday Night Live did a skit, right? A yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a behind the music of Hall and Oates. And they had John Oates there saying, Man, I contributed to these <laughs> songs. You know the hand claps in uh, Private Eyes? That was me. Well, I didn't actually physically do the clap. Someone else did that, but it was my idea. To have the claps in there. <laughs> did you ever see? Uh, there was a British sketch comedy show called Big Train. Yes. Um, with Mark Heap was in it, and um, uh, help me out. Uh, uh, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Yeah. It was a lot of the, like a lot of those sort of who, who obviously went on to do good stuff. Yeah. They sort of started in Big Train, but they did sort of a similar sort of thing. Where I Hall and Oates, saw this. Where Hall and Oates go and uh, volunteer their time in like a, a poor estate in the middle of <laughs> London. But the best thing about it is Oates is, so, is someone on their knees with shoes on their knees because <laughs> he's so much shorter. <laughs> Do you know, on that, I actually read an interview. It's funny you bring that up. I read an interview with Oates mm-hmm. and it's... A, a huge interview on his songwriting and he sort of brings it up he talks about that he had no problem sort of uh, Daryl Hall taking the lead you know what sure. I mean he was just a naturally quieter guy yeah I bet his wallet wasn't complaining yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right but uh, the, the the final question was hilarious the interviewer asks um, I've been following Hall and Oates all these years and this is the most I've ever heard you talk and he replies well you should have called me sooner <laughs> <laughs> I just like really? the fact that, like, 
after all these years, it took you, people to realise that he's actually quite a talkative guy. <laughs> no one bothered to ask. Oh, but uh, with, with that, with I, that, let's let's talk about uh, the music video. Let's the... talk about. Hang on, if if you guys, if you haven't had a chance, go now's your chance to go away. Go to your YouTube's. We'll wait. We'll wait, and while you watch a video, okay? Sure. All right, go and watch a video. So, how how you been? I think it's going well so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, should we should we call this anyone listening episode? Anyone? We did it in thirty six minutes. Or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, you're back. Oh, Sorry, you're back. okay, cool. How'd you th- how'd you find that? Yeah, good, good, good. Huh? We, we can't hear you. We stop, stop so... screaming at your phone or computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thoughts uh, and feelings. I mean, you did a little bit more research on this, yeah. uh, Gary. So give it to us. So the somewhat the... of a basic clip, isn't <laughs> it? A very basic. Somewhat of a basic clip. I mean, the whole. Which is going to make it somewhat of a basic analysis of that clip. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Jay Dublin was the director. He did a, a shitload of uh, oh, music did he? videos. He wasn't, he wasn't a big fan of music videos, but uh, he could do things on a budget, basically. Yeah, right, I see. And these guys had a pretty limited uh, budget for the video. They just wanted to knock something out nice and quick, and mm. so they gave him a call. The same day that they called the director, he came down, they... Uh, filmed the video in two hours <laughs> and uh, the director was like alright I'll have that edited tomorrow for you guys so uh, basically it's a two not even two days if you added up the hours spent <laughs> making that video it's before digital too yes yes so that's that's pretty crazy. And I mean, look, what is there to really talk about? I mean, you guys well, just the, watched it. The outfits. The outfits. Uh, they've um, broken into the set of Inspector Gadget and I, taken all his jackets. I, I didn't do a heap of research about this certain aspect of the band, but mm. um, I'm just assuming it was the 80s. So mm. there, there must have been some drugs happening. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just really happy. Really? I, I think he's really happy. We, we were watching the video before we started recording. I was commenting on uh, Daryl Hall's eyes. Uh, and he, he just looks a little bit kind of wired. And he just seems a bit frantic in the, in the video. I think it's the bass player you got to worry about. He, the, the he looks player. like he may have had a coronary and died during the making of the video. He looks very lost. Yeah, yeah. He looks... Have you seen the, the video for Hello Goodbye by the Beatles? No, I've not. George Harrison <laughs> was uh, off his face in that video and reminds me a lot of the bass player in go. the Privatized video. There you go. <laughs> Well, uh, did you have any more to talk about the video? Uh, not really. I, I think there should be an epilepsy warning before those hand claps. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's... Speaking of hand claps, I mean, that's... I think that leads us into our favorite, favorite part, of... part of the song. It's like, how can you not like... We, we need a claps. name for this segment, by the way. We need a, a name for the segment where we talk about our favorite part of the song. Um... Right in. Right in. <laughs> right in and tell us what you think we should call it. We won't it. get it for a while. Money just... shots? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it money, money shots. Money shots. All right. Welcome. Money shots for nothing. Tricks for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, money shots. Yes. Uh, the money shot for me is the hand clap. The hand claps are a definite standout. Uh, I, I love the intro as well. It is. It's just um, just that count in and then the fucking, uh, that big guitar I sound. I think it's what I love about Hall & Oates in general, is just that 
ultra melodicism. Mm. Just ultra catchy, you know what I mean? In all facets of the song, be it, you know, the, the lyrics or just the hooks, like that guitar hook at the start. <laughs> so good. You know, like just all of it is just so hooky and it just rams into your ear, you know what I mean? Like there's no mucking about, there's nothing there that doesn't need to be, you know what I mean? Totally. Like there's no fluff. It's all just, killer, no filler. It's all killer, no filler, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you mentioned the lyrics and I think we should talk about those lyrics just for a second. Yeah, they're a little bit sinister, aren't they? I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it comes across as some kind of stalker fantasy. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, famously, Philip K. Dick heard that song and it, he thought it was too paranoid. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Literary references. This is amazing. <laughs> that, that, that literally didn't happen. So. Uh, yeah. Was... <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Uh, but... That it is just. I, I was Hang reading on, we'll, the lyrics. Why don't we let go? Go and Google the lyrics. Go, go and Google. Go, go and Google. We'll, we'll, wait. we'll wait. We'll wait. Man, I've had this itch. Really? Right. Did you get that cream? My, Did you get the cream I told you about? The, uh, what was it called again? <laughs> Crab go. <laughs> I did. They, crab goo. They didn't have that, but they did have uh, crabs are popping. Uh, <laughs> Oh, hey, they're back. Oh. So, okay, so hey. you had to read the lyrics. You see where we're coming from there? Yeah. A little bit creepy. It, it, it reads like a, a manifesto more than a fucking <laughs> pop song in the 80s. Man, the 80s was a strange time, especially in LA. Look, fantastic song. The, the video clip, look, I think across all the video clips we're going to look at in this series. Sure. You know what? The video clip's... You know, I think it's, it's going to be further down key. the list. It's pretty low key. It's 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 going to be further down the list. Even if you below, can... like the kisses on the list. Sure. The video clips below <laughs> the kiss. Uh, even on the list of Hall and Oates videos, it's kind of uh, pretty low. I, I love the outfits and I love the hand claps and the the lightning effect. But uh, if have you seen? Uh, shit, which song is it? It's the video for Out of Touch. You're out of touch. Go, is that on our list too? Uh, I think, yeah. It's so, on, Kiss it's, is on the list. Kiss is on the list. The out video clip <laughs> is on the list. Out of- <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it was hard for me to kind of... Uh, Say I'm sorry? <laughs> He's full of them. Tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> it oh, was man. hard for me to pick a Hall & Oates song to put on the list because we didn't want to double Because we had Kiss away. on the list. <laughs> We had Kiss on the list. We had the band Kiss uh, as well. Uh, you were saying Private Eyes is Private the Eyes is, is just my go-to for these guys. Is there any kind of specific memory or uh, just any kind of connection that you can think of with that song? Or it's just the one that stands out? Do you know, I think for me, it's... I mean, all this stuff has it. This song just has that drive. Boom, <laughs> As you said, it's just straight into it and it just grooves all the way through, sure. you know? Whereas, like, I it, mean, all of this stuff know. has that. You it's know? a very similar tempo and beat to uh, Kiss on My List as well. It is. And then I was just thinking it's very... Uh, um, you Make My Dreams Come True is also very driving. Fuck, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I just... I remember seeing... I think what I love about Hall & Oates is I love that kind of blue-eyed soul aspect to their music. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that 
sort of it's poppy but it's it, he's a great vocalist they're great songwriters speaking of this might be a nice little one to uh, sort of wrap up on sure uh, daryl hall was never at a loss for words when describing his success with hall and oates i think we're the 80s beatles <laughs> I think there's definitely something to be said for that. I think so. They were one of the most um, successful uh, pop acts or pop duos in the 80s. Because uh, a lot of bands just kind of came and went really quickly. And they they stuck around for the, the at least the first half of the 80s. They were... Geez, you'd love to have a look at their royalty checks, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd love to see what the numbers are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us on our obsession. Now is the time in the show mm-hmm. where we choose the next song. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So we've got a little bit of a playlist. Uh, what we do each episode is I hit shuffle on the playlist list and whatever song comes up is the one that we go with i still think we'd say that we're gonna spin a wheel and then you get <laughs> actually it's funny you say that because i wanted to change it up uh, okay, this time right. around and uh we've actually got a dartboard over there oh wow it's pretty big because there's a lot of songs on our list the kiss on the list <laughs> there's, there's kiss okay, uh, yeah okay that's big all right yeah um, all right. I, I just realized though i can't play darts so we may as well just do the playlist shot yeah that's a good idea let's all right just do so that. let's okay. do that here we go higher love higher love by steve winwood yes it is beautiful okay. is, it, is that what it is that is you beauty we were both pretty quick on the uptake on that one yeah, it was, it was pretty close. Uh, uh, so that's the song that we'll be okay, playing on all the right. next episode. Oh, man. I'm so, look, I'm so excited, just like the first episode. <laughs> what a callback. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks. Bye.